Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life, a show that began as a journey through the difficulties and joys of living in a foreign place and has become a show about living, taking risks, moving, adapting. So welcome expats, former expats, future expats, travelers, and reinventors. Thanks for letting us keep you company. I'm your host, Katie Sewell. I'm a veteran public radio producer and writer who recently moved to San Francisco after living in New Orleans and Seattle and Rome. My co-host Tiffany Parks is a full-time writer and expat living in Rome, Italy. She's also my childhood friend. I've known her since the school bus in sixth grade. If you've never heard the show, don't be afraid to start at the beginning and come along for the whole journey, which begins in Rome. And without further ado, today's show. Welcome to Rome. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. And here we are again, another week, another day with us. (laughs) Hi, guys. Yeah, and another listener letter, or we should say the same listener letter that we read last week. It was just such a good one that we split it, and it was quite long, (laughs) so we split it in two to address the different sides to this letter. Yeah, one was sort of practical. Now, do you have any uh, buyer's remorse now that you've had a moment to reflect for any of the advice that we gave Darlene last week? Um, I don't want to say I have remorse, but I definitely don't want her to misunderstand me. I, I definitely put out there some of the difficulties of coming here, but I don't like to discount other people's dreams and I don't like to I don't make a habit of telling people they shouldn't do what they dream of doing that's like the opposite of what I like to do with my life so I always tell people go for it you know if you want to move to Italy go for it like I just want her to know what she will have to deal with yes but yes I wanted to make sure that was clear yeah and I was thinking well maybe I talked a little bit too much about the ego stuff and whatnot I you know I think we've talked about this on the show before that a lot of times after we have a conversation, I'll be walking down the street an hour later and I'll think, maybe I don't believe any of what I just talked about. Maybe that's (laughs) totally not true. (laughs) So, you know, I would just like to point out that oftentimes I go on the record saying things. It doesn't mean that I believe it uh, even today. So you are a Pisces. I'm trying my best to give you some insight, but the more I flip it around in my head, the more different it becomes. And so I go back and forth about the career thing, like how much is it actually going to damage it? And then I think, well, you know, Darlene, you're only listening to the show because I moved her own. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason it exists. So I, I flip back and forth. Take it as a, a loose, loose advice and uh, run it against your own life. And we'll move on to the deeper, harder, I think, aspects of her email now and again reserve the right to totally feel differently by the time this episode's over (laughs) or by the time it airs yeah so i will dive right back into it by the way if you missed last week's episode you might want to go back and listen to it because you might be a little bit confused about what we're talking about and i'm not going to read the first half of the letter again because it's quite long so if you missed last week back up and listen to that one first okay all right so diving back into darlene's letter 
When I was 22, I went to a thrift store with a guy I spent almost 15 years obsessing over and found a tiny pair of pants for a small boy and fell in love with them for whatever reason. I bought them for $3 and have kept them since. I used to tell myself that they were for my future child named Luca. I've always had this ridiculous dream like I was meant to be in Italy making my future, yet I've allowed myself to get sucked into life here in New York. And it's not that my life here isn't challenging or interesting. I'm an artist, and I've managed to make a somewhat successful career for myself as one. How does one choose their path without regrets? Do I just dream of going because it's a scapegoat from my reality? Or is it where I'm supposed to be? Is it too late? Has the moment already passed for me? Have I dreamed away my 20s and part of my 30s when I should have been accepting and living in the present? Questions I constantly ask myself on a day-to-day basis. I often wonder if, as a creative, I'm destined to always have a bit of discontent in me. Whew. Yeah. (laughs) Very soul-searching questions. I don't know that we're qualified to answer any of them, but we're going to (laughs) try. I feel like that last one about being a creative and if that means that you'll always be slightly discontented with life is something I think about all the time. And how so in regards to your life? Uh, I mean, I mean, you know, from being a creative type yourself that the path in life of an artist, while I think widely preferable to some of the other paths because it's the only way I can be. I do think that it is a very unsteady, very difficult path as far as knowing how you're doing in the world, always. I think that there's a bit of dreaminess, at least in my artisticness, a little bit of romanticism, a little bit of expectations of what I thought life was going to be like when I was a little kid that didn't turn out to be true and that I'm forever seeking. And sometimes I feel like if I just get into the right art or I get into the right project, I'll find what I'm looking for. And then every now and then I do find what I'm looking for, but then of course it fades and up and down and up and down. And And just art in general is so difficult to make your living at, you know, not just financially in many cases, but you just never really know how you're doing. There'll always be people you can compare yourself to. There'll always be podcasters who are more successful, writers who have been around longer, radio shows that have done better, whatever it is. There are always examples of people who did something and achieved more. Even if you were the top of your game from a writing aspect right now, like, the most prolific children's writer in the world right now, you still could hold yourself up to people in the past who did something that you envy and admire and work your way toward and never quite get to. So I do think it's a fraught, it's just a fraught way of life a little bit. Yeah, I I guess I don't, um, I definitely strive and I definitely want to succeed, but I don't necessarily think I look at other people to gauge my own success. I, I'm not saying that to be show-offy, I promise. <laughs> um, I just, it's not, I guess I've just always felt like if I could just be there in the game, that's important, just that. You know, I don't need to be number one. I just need to be, just need to be in, co- in the competition, in the running. Yeah. You don't have a doppelganger of the person who's exactly your age who has six books out no no i don't (laughs) i'm i'm sure there are plenty out there but i don't i don't focus on them um no i I don't focus on them either yeah i'm not saying that i'm just saying it's really hard to get 
to kind of know if you're doing okay. Mm-hmm. Particularly if you're a freelancer or an independent. But it's just hard to gauge. It is. Am I moving forward? Am I working toward better skills? Am I coming up with an idea that people are going to latch on to? That's not just me sitting in a room alone. I mean, I'm basically talking out my fears. These are not the things that I have all the time. But I do think it's part of the creative life is that good days and really bad days, you know, days when you write great and days when you're like, I'm the worst writer. I can't move this scene forward to save my life, you know? So oh, I know how that is. Um, yeah, I definitely get what you mean about always seeking and striving. And, you know, I used to look at other people who had normal jobs, quote unquote, normal jobs. And this particular thing might be the same for any profession. People are always trying to get ahead and be promoted and make partner or maybe open their own business. So even if you have a quote unquote normal job or a non-artistic job, it doesn't mean that you're also not constantly striving. But I think that artists, it's just a daily thing. Mm -hmm. You're always thinking about the next project and the next idea. Am I going to have another idea? Like as soon as you get the book deal or or whatever, even before you get the book deal, you're already thinking, okay, what's the next book going to be? And am I going to be able to come up with something good? And will it, you know constantly just and you know and also achieving that next level of success there is something to what she says about the sense of discontent that you're never satisfied with where you are because you're always looking towards the next project or the next goal or even the next dream part of what I love about her questions too is there's this dreaminess seeking aspect to them that I often find myself sort of lost in I don't know if you ever do therapy, but every now and then when I do therapy, I feel like I'm just talking in circles at the woman, you know, like I'm just looping over and over into questions like the ones Darlene is asking. These sort of dreamy, can life be what I expect it to be? Is there a way for me to get over these particular hurdles that are blocking my way? Is there something better out there? You know, it's not just like the grass is greener on the other side. It's that I want my life to be this and more wonderful, if that makes sense. Well, I definitely don't think that there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. I mean, I'm a big dreamer. You know, I'm all, you all know I'm a, an optimist. Yes. So I always think if you can dream it, you can do it. To use a like cheesy, inspirational quote, <laughs> motivational quote. Bumper sticker. Exactly. <laughs> um, let me look at a couple of her questions particularly. Do I just dream of going because it's a scapegoat for my reality? I'm going to say no. I mean, I don't know what I'm talking about because I don't know you, Darlene. But just reading your message, I don't think that it's a scapegoat. I think if you have such a constant dream that you've had for so many years, it's not a random, oh, I should move to Bali or, oh, I should, you know, I should start doing pole dancing or, you know, whatever it is, like, you know, those, we all have those random. So extreme, both examples. Yeah. (laughs) We all have those random, you know, interests that come in and out and many obsessions that, that occur. But if it's something that you've been thinking about since you were 22 and you're 36, or maybe you've been thinking about it even before you were 22, I think you owe it to yourself to at least investigate what would have to go into it. When I read her letter too, it doesn't read to me as a person who isn't satisfied with what they've attained. She indicates that she has a job that she likes, that she has an apartment that she can afford, that she doesn't seem to be living in a place she hates. I don't get that escapism 
vibe. Mm -hmm. I don't either. Sometimes people move because they've just got to get out of this particular situation. Everything about this town is wearing on me. I need to go find how I can be in another place. And I... I can see how aspects of New York would be worrying on you because I've been in New York, <laughs> but but I don't get that vibe of like, I'm just so tired of it here. I've, I've got to come up with something else to do. So I guess that's what it makes me think it's not a scapegoat, so to speak. Unless we're reading it totally wrong and really the only way you get through day to day is by dreaming of this one day when you'll live in Italy. Maybe that dream's okay even if it doesn't happen, if it's the way that you get through day to day. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I don't know about that. Well, I mean, you made it happen. Like you had that dream and you did it. But plenty of us have dreams and don't do them. Yeah, but if that's the only thing that gets you through the day, like, shouldn't you at least try? I'm not saying that it's necessarily going to work out. But do you want to get to the end of your life and say, I didn't even, I didn't even go for it. You know, I didn't even go three months and just, just try if it's that important. Is it too late? Absolutely not. Not at 36. No, you're 36 years old. It is not too late. And I don't I don't think it's ever too late. I mean, maybe if you're 80, it might be too late. Or if you have like serious immobility issues, mobility issues, I should say. But like I said, I knew someone who moved here at 60. She was retired. Uh, some people retire later than that. I have this couple that I gave a tour to. And actually, I think if I remember correctly, yes, they contacted me through this podcast. They were podcast listeners. They contacted me. The wife contacted me. Her name's Adrienne. And they came on my tour a couple of years ago. And they have a young, a youngish son. He was in his early teens at the time. And they told me that they either already had their Italian citizenship or they were working towards getting it. If I remember correctly, her husband was of Italian heritage. I might be getting this all wrong. But they were planning as soon as their son was in college. She said, he's got to be in college for a full year. It's like, I want to be there first year in case he needs me. But once he's been in college for a year, we're going. I mean, some people could look at them and say, wow, like they're not 22. They're not 25. They're not 30 or 36. I don't know how old they are, but I assume that once their son is 19 or 20, they're at least, I don't know, 45, 50, perhaps older. But this is what they've decided they want to do. They're researching the hell out of it. She asks me all sorts of questions and I give her advice on this and that and very practical issues and how to get an apartment and how to get health insurance and all sorts of things. They're going to make it happen and they frankly do not care how old they are. Yeah. I would actually, I don't know what episode number it is, but if you haven't listened to all of the episodes of the show, I would encourage you to listen to one called Retire, too. Not saying that you have to put it off till retirement, but that's a couple that, we, that I interviewed when I was still living in Rome who had just retired to Rome. And they went the aspect where they just planned for it for as long as they had the idea and saved their money and didn't even have to have Italian citizenship because they were able to prove to the Italian government that they had enough to not have to work saved up for at least a number of years. And that's another way people do it too, is they just stockpile enough money to be able to prove that they're not going to be trying to compete for work. It might not be the ideal aspect, but for people who can't get a citizenship, I don't know. And they were in that interview too, they're also very practical about how they actually went about realizing it after well over 20 years of thinking it was an idea they wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So 
Not saying that you have to wait till retirement. No, you just made me think of something when you said people who can't get citizenship. My first point is you don't need to have citizenship to live legally in Italy if you can find a way to get a work visa. Or you can start with a student visa. You do have to go to, I believe, an accredited university. You can't do the sort of like, I'm going to to Italian language school two afternoons a week kind of thing. Like that doesn't cut it anymore. You have to like actually go. But you can also get European citizenship of a different country if you have the ancestry. It has to be a country in the European Union, obviously. But if you get that, you can live in Italy. It's a little bit more difficult because you do have to get some kind of resident permit. It's much, much, much easier than from someone outside of the EU. But just in case you're thinking, I have no Italian heritage. I'm Irish. Actually, I know a lot of people in Rome who have Irish citizenship, who got Irish citizenship because it's quite easy in Ireland. Funny side note, I have a friend who's half Irish and half Italian, 100% American. And her father, she wanted to live in Italy. Her father was born in Italy. But unfortunately, when he moved to the United States, they changed his name from Giacomo to Jack because it was just too hard to write, too hard to spell. And he just went by that. And because his birth certificate said Giacomo and her birth certificate said her father's name was Jack, she could not get Italian citizenship. Oh, wow. So she just, her mom's like, well, hey, I'm Irish. Can you get Irish citizenship? And she did. Wow. <laughs> it took her like like six weeks or something. <laughs> so just store that one in your hat in case you're thinking, oh my God, it takes 10 years to get Italian citizenship. It'll never work out. But anyways, back to Darlene. Again, she says, has the moment already passed for me? I really don't think so. I really don't know that that moment ever passes. I was thinking... As an interesting side note, there are things where the moment passes. Oh, absolutely. I do think that that's true, where you do get to a point where you can't do it anymore. Yes, but I, I don't think moving to Italy is one of them. Unless, unless, like I said, you, you, know, you can't move around. You, you need to like, have people taking care of you. I mean, there are certain situations. Being 60 is not one of them. If you want to be a ballerina, yeah, that expires quite early <laughs> or gymnast do you want to be a gymnast yeah you want to be olympic gymnast like you'd better be on that by the time you're six <laughs> <laughs> i still remember the moment when i realized that i was never going to be a super gymnast did we talk about that on this show i was at a boston pops concert and all of a sudden i was started crying and my mother thought i was moved by the music but really i was crying because i realized that i would never be a master vaulter and why did the boston pops make you realize this i don't know i was just thinking about the passage of time. I think I was like a seventh grader. I was still little, but I'd realized I hadn't put in the work and it wasn't going to be a possibility. I think in the interview I did with Dante a few episodes ago, he talks about the passage of time in the sense that he never believes that it's too late to pick up a new skill, but it might be too late to be like even remotely great at that skill. He said, I can play the trumpet, but I'm never going to be a master trumpet player that people try to learn from, <laughs> you know, I'm going to just be able to play the trumpet in a way that's adequate enough for me to perform, you know? Yeah. I think that's interesting too. Yeah. But there's nothing wrong with being adequate either. I mean, there's nothing wrong with just having a skill that you enjoy. You don't need to be performing at Carnegie Hall. Yeah. I mean, that was his point. That was his point. He's in his early to mid forties and picked up the trumpet pretty late. 
you know, where most people would say, well, I didn't learn an instrument growing up, so it's impossible now. Yeah, well, I have to give kudos to my mom and stepdad because they are learning to speak Italian in their 70s. My gosh. The older that you get, the harder it becomes to learn language. And I don't just mean it's easier to learn it at two than it is at 12. Yes, it is easier to learn it at two than at 12. And it's easier to learn it at 12 than at 22. But that continues in your 30s, in your 40s, and it just gets harder and harder and harder. My mom and my stepfather have studied Italian very sporadically over the past 10 years or so, but they continue to work at it. And, and my mom, you know, she, she, well, they both are really passionate about it. And when they come over here, they sit down, you know, with my in-laws and they always have the dictionary out and they try to communicate and they, and they do. And my in-laws, I believe 99% chance are going to be going to the States to visit my mom and stepdad without us in June. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. So, (laughs) so they're going to... You know, they're going to be speaking Italian. And um, I think it's really great that my mom hasn't said, oh, I'll never be able to learn this language. I'm too old, you know, and don't even try. Yeah. Yeah. Unlike your co-host. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) um, Yeah, totally, uh, totally other aside real quick. Yesterday, I booked my ticket to go to Rome in March. Yay, yay, yay kind of end of March so don't expect any episodes from Rome until we get into the April aspect of our show but flying over there to do a little work blah 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 but this is the first time I will have gone there without Derek as you know is my Italian translator and so already I am thinking how in the world am I gonna get my telephone sim card how am I gonna do all this these little nitpicky things that Derek took care of. And so I'm already making a list, a mental list in my head, Tiffany, of being like, okay, I fly in at 730. I'll meet you at <laughs> the cell phone store. You can help me out. You need, or I'll just have you to, make need my to way. study some Italian. You need to do it. ASAP. You need to get some basic skills in you and some basic vocab before you go. Just do it as a favor to yourself. I know. I know it's immediate. It's an important because it's now it's eminent. It's lurking. It's looming. Yeah. But anyway, that's a total aside. So yeah. Okay. So from our point of view, it's never too late. I mean, it can be just to throw a wrench in the conversation for interest sake. I think it can be too late if you're extremely satisfied with where your career is going. The idea of not following that journey is daunting enough that you decide, I mean, you you will get to a point where you choose. So you've said that you really like where you're working right now and that you're able to do really great work there. It could be that it's too late for you because you really like where you are and going and work. And when you really get down and you think about it, you don't want to give that up. And so it does become like a, oh, I really would love to go to Italy, but I really want to stay here and do this. And then it can be that like guilt trap of, but I always plan to go and it's just going to get too late and too late. But I really like what I'm doing here. That's what makes it so hard. If she wrote to us and said, you know, I hate my job. I hate the city I'm living in. Da, 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 then she probably wouldn't have written us, actually, because <laughs> she wouldn't <laughs> be already here. Because that's what and that's the situation I was in. I was not in a relationship. I was over Boston. I'm not over it anymore. I'd love to go back to Boston now. But at the time, <laughs> I was very over Boston. And I was 
not doing anything professionally that was interesting in the least. And it was perfect. And I was also 26 or something like that. But it's hard. And I have, a, I have another friend. I've been talking about a lot of people I know on this episode. But it's because, you know, they're actually you really... you got a lot of friends. Well, they're just really great examples that happen to line up with this episode. My good, good friend, Maeve, one of my best friends, is a very talented opera singer. And she also adores Italy. And you'd think, oh, Italy, opera, perfect. They just go together. Uh, well, no, actually. Not if you're trying, you're starting out in your career. I've mentioned before, Italy is not a good place to go if you want to break into the opera career. And she loves Italy, just loves it, loves to speak Italian, uh, loves everything about it, the food, the men, obviously, the art. <laughs> but... She loves opera more. Her, the dream of becoming an opera singer is more important to her than the dream of living in Italy. And she made that choice. And luckily for her, she does come to Italy from time to time to perform. She doesn't perform that much in Italy, to be honest, because there's not a lot of opportunities. She performs elsewhere in Europe. And then she will come and visit me for a week or something. So she does get to come over here quite often. But she just knew that if she came to Italy, she would never be able to have the kind of career that she wanted, at least not at this stage, maybe later, maybe when she's more established, she could have a base here or something. So like Katie said, you gotta look at both aspects. And and I don't want to sound cheesy here because it sounds like such a cheesy piece of advice. But I am a former yoga teacher, so I do have some some of that cheesiness in me. Have you tried meditating? I'm not a good meditator. I never have been. It's always been a big stumbling block for me to meditate. But the people I know who do it and who do it regularly all say that when you meditate, by quieting your mind, you're able to figure out what your true desires are like the true desires of your heart come out because, because you don't have all that chatter going on in your brain. I remember when I was studying yoga, the, the image they gave us was, imagine a lake. If it's really, really choppy, you can't see into it. But if it's still, you can look down and you can see the bottom of the lake. And that's the idea. If you can quiet your mind, you can discover what it is that you truly, truly want. So... If you are into meditation or are curious about it, it could be a good way to discover which of those two things in your life is more important. That's a good way to end. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so wise. You're so wise. I that should yoga take my really own paid advice. Off. Yeah, I seriously, I should take my own <laughs> advice and meditate sometimes. Me too. I don't think I've meditated in any real capacity since we were in theater. <laughs> And even then, I used to just make up stories while they were having us lay on the floor uh, <laughs> listening to music. <laughs> so, so yeah, I know. I know. It's back to those circular conversations I sometimes have with my therapist. Is I'm just going over and over and over the same questions so often. And I'm sure all of us really do that a lot. Just circle back over and over and over. What am I capable of? What do I want? Here's another cheesy idea. Oh, good. Journaling. Because I don't, and again, I don't journal very much anymore because I have a two-year-old, so I have no time. But when I did journal regularly, which I did for many, many years, like daily, 
I did find that I went over and over again and I went, you know, I had that same thought loop and I would say the same things and I'd ask myself the same questions, but like you can only write that down so much until you kind of come up with some answers. Like you can think it eternally. Like you can have those thoughts without ever resolving them. But if you write your thoughts down as you're having them, maybe not the first or the second time, but eventually answers do come to you. Yeah, I think that's true. So if you don't like meditation, good journal. Yeah. Yeah. And we're not expecting you to do both. Of course, that would be way too much. No, no. Who has that kind of time? (laughs) Anyway, Darlene, I hope that this was in some way helpful. And for the rest of you, by the way, not let's not leave the rest of you out of this conversation. But oftentimes what I think this show does is it just has us debating questions. And as you're listening, start to think through what your own questions are and hold them up against whatever we're saying. And hopefully, in some way, that was illuminating, Darlene, (laughs) and others. Yeah. And thank you for the wonderful letter and questions that really gave us so much to think about and talk about. And thank you for the donation, too, by the way. Thank you for that as well. Yeah. uh, Great way to bring yourself to our attention. (laughs) (laughs) Hint, hint, hint. (laughs) Hint, hint. Anyway, yeah, keep the emails coming. We have a couple other really heavy ones that I think maybe we should, at least in the coming weeks, get to that we've heard from a lot of people asking big questions and making big, huge life decisions recently. So maybe we can pick up some more of those and if you want to send us an email you can write to bittersweetlife at mail.com m-a-i-l and really quick one more thing before we go i just want to thank our intern estrella gomez she's at lacasablaga.com i think you should check her out and anything else if you want to follow us on social media, uh, we are everywhere. Well, not everywhere, but almost. We're on the big three. So you can find us at Twitter, at Bittersweet Pod, or search for the Bittersweet Life Podcast at Instagram and Facebook. And then you can peek into our lives. And I guess until next time, this is the Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. Join us again. Bye. Bye. Thanks for all the ways you support us. Give us a good rating on iTunes, maybe five stars if you like the show. It will help other people discover that we exist. Thank you. You're the best.